Well, good morning. It's great having you here today and seeing your lovely faces. And I'm so glad you're a part of what's going on here as we continue our message series, Beyond Good Intentions. You know, so often we tend to find our value, our self-worth, and our attitude is affected by what we surround ourselves with. I recently saw this on Facebook, and I thought it was a great, a great quote, a great, a great post. You know, it's about a water bottle. A water bottle you can find and get at a supermarket for 50 cents. You take that same water bottle, you go to the gym, and that water bottle is now $2. You can go on to an airplane, and at the airplane, that same water bottle is now $3. And if you go into the movie theater to get that same water bottle, you have to take out a small loan. <laughs> Nothing changed about that water bottle. All that changed was the atmosphere, the environment, the surroundings it was in. And I think so often in our life, we allow what we surround ourselves with to dictate how we value ourselves, how we view ourselves, and the attitudes that we have. It consumes us, and it controls us, and it guides us. And in so many ways, our atmospheres, what we surround ourselves with, controls and dictates our emotional self, our spiritual self, and just who we are. <clears throat> and so the big question I want you to wrestle with today. Do you allow the atmosphere that you're in to control you? And to help you view yourself and how you conduct your life? Or do you control the atmosphere? How do you walk? Because I'm here to challenge you today. And to encourage you today that we do not have to allow the atmospheres of our Monday to Friday to be what we, to be the thing that dictates how we value ourselves, how we view ourselves, and the attitudes that we have and how we conduct our lives. That you, my friends, you have the ability to shift the atmosphere in your world. There's an amazing story in Mark chapter 4. There we see Jesus and the disciples and they're out uh, meeting with people and Jesus is teaching people and he's doing amazing miracles and he's getting to the height of his popularity and hundreds and hundreds of people are just flocking to him and demanding his time and his attention. It's late at night and they just want to get across the, 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 the lake, across the Sea of Galilee and they're all in the boat and then we see this happen in Mark chapter 4. It says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, that's Jesus, he said, let us go over to the other side, leaving the crowd behind. And they took him along, just as he was, in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. And a, and a furious squall came up. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet! Be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. That's an amazing story we see of Jesus and the disciples. And you think just like in that boat... In life, how fast and furious storms can come upon us. 
Maybe you've been out in the ocean or you've been camping out in the forest and you've seen how quickly storms can just come without any notice. And before you know it, it just completely changes the atmosphere and the environment that you're in. And likewise, in our journey in life, sometimes it seems like, boy, things are good, things are well, life is good. But then before you know it, a storm of life comes upon you. There is no warning, no way to know it was coming. It just showed up and it just transformed the atmosphere of your life. And that's what happened with the disciples in that boat. But what happens so often in that moment, we get so focused on the storm. Look at the disciples. They were so scared, so overwhelmed by the storm. They thought they were going to die because the waves were crashing so hard. But it was at that moment when they shifted their focus from the storm to the active, living, breathing Son of God that was asleep in the boat. I read that story, I'm like, Jesus, how in the world can you be asleep in the storm? But there's something powerful in that moment. Because all throughout the Bible, we see over and over again, God highlighting that in his presence, we find rest. That very rest that we see Jesus in that moment, that in the middle of the nastiest storm, in the middle of the waters, he was able to sleep. He's saying, I can bring you that rest too. That in the middle of the storm, it will be okay. But it had to take a moment when the disciples had to shift their focus from the atmosphere that they were in, that overwhelmed them, that engulfed them, that threatened to kill them, to the presence of God. You see, the boat was being rocked, but with the presence of Jesus the atmospheric conditions completely changed. My friends, the presence of Jesus provides that ability to absolutely shift our surrounding conditions. That's what it does. That's what he does. We, can't, we don't have to allow the storms of our life, what happens Monday through Friday, to completely dictate our lives, to completely dictate how we value ourselves, how we view ourselves, the attitudes that we have. What does your Monday through Friday look like? I don't know what it looks like for you, where, where you go to work or what you do if you're in school or you're retired or wherever it may be. But your Monday through Friday does not have to consume you or control you or overtake your life to the point to where it completely depletes your life. I fear so often in our world, many of us are walking around completely helpless. Maybe you've studied psychology somewhere along your, your educational background. Have you ever heard the term learned helplessness? Learned helplessness is a term in psychology. And it just means exactly what it sounds like. Over our life, in some way, in some environments, we ingrain in ourselves, we learn to become completely helpless. In other words, you can't do anything about it. You can't change it. You can't control it. You just need to live with it. Exactly what the disciples were in the boat. The storm came and they just believed, we can't do anything about this storm. And it just threatens our very life. Do you know how learned helplessness came to be? If you're a dog lover, you're going to hate this story. Because this would not be allowed today. But many years ago, there was a study going on with these scientists. And they were using electrical shock therapy. 
And they had these three dogs, dog A, dog B, and dog C. And they had collars on them all, and they were all chained to these, their stations. And in, this, in the study, they would turn on electrical shock. Dog A and dog B had the ability to completely control the shock, and all they had to do is step on a pedal, and the shock stopped. Dog C was connected to dog B. And so in other words, dog C had no control whatsoever over the electrical thought, shock. It had no idea how it started. It had no idea how to end it. It just came and go. It was completely helpless to dog B. They went on to another study, and in that study, they had the dogs in these crates, and the crates were just a couple feet high. In other words, these dogs could very easily get out. They could get up and jump out of the crates. They could see the way out. There was nothing restricting them whatsoever to get out of that environment that they're in. And then when they started the electrical shock, there was two dogs that, when they started, they immediately jumped out and got out of that environment. The third dog laid down, cried, and just gave up. That dog was dog C. Because in its mind, even though it could easily see a way out, it began to, began to believe, I'm helpless. I can't do anything about the environment I'm in. So I just have to deal with it. And I fear that so many of us in our Monday to Fridays are walking through our lives in a completely helpless state of mind. I can't do anything about it. I can't change it. It's the atmosphere I'm in. I just need to get through it. And that's why I think so often we make the joke, but in, in within us subconsciously, the joke is not a joke, it's real. We, we don't look forward to Monday. Monday's like the drag, like, oh no, here we go. I'm going to get through this week again. And just life just completely depletes us and destroys us and knock us down. But I'm here encouraging you and challenging you today. What if, what if, you no longer had to walk through your Monday to Friday in a depleted emotional and spiritual sense. What if you had the ability to not allow the atmosphere to dictate your life, but you became an atmosphere shifter? What if that was possible? Because I believe it is possible. It is possible for you to be able to walk through your life. You have the ability to shift and to change the undesirable atmospheres that you find yourself in. And the ability to shift those atmospheres, to change those atmospheres, comes through the presence of God. The very presence of Jesus, who's living, who's active, and who's with you every single day. Every day is by your side. What's amazing about that story in Mark chapter 4, when the storm came, the disciples were so locked into the storm. We can't do anything to change it. We're going to die. We just need to figure out how to hold on as tight as we can to ride these waves. But it was in the moment when they shifted their focus from the atmosphere to the one who can change the atmosphere who was sleeping at the bottom of the boat. And when they shifted their focus and pursued him, everything changed. Everything changed. You see, my friends, the presence of God is with you every single day. We need to invite him in. 
The problem is not God's not there. The problem is we're not inviting him in. We're not pursuing him like the disciples did in that boat. We're not creating an environment that says, God, I want you here. Oftentimes we're creating environments, following our own heart, making choices that try to satisfy ourselves or, or what we think is right or doing things or listening to things, allowing our eyes and our ears to be overwhelmed by other things that are not of God, that distract us from God, that we don't invite him in. We actually push him away. And the Bible shows that God will not go where he's not invited. He gives us the ability to choose. And if you are unwilling to invite him in, he's going to be near, but he's going to be standing over on the sidelines. I want to be there with you. But you're not choosing me. You want to change the atmosphere? It starts with it creating an environment that invites the presence of God in, into your life. You know, that surrounds you with his, with, with his presence. What are you listening to? What are you reading? Do you have, if you have a work space, do you have things at the workspace that brings biblical encouragements into your life? Do you, are you listening to, to music or, or watching things or reading things that guide you to the heart of God? Are you just reading things and watching things and listening to things that continually pushes you away from him or blocks him out? And it, because that changes how you sit in that presence and the presence that you're in that ultimately affects your attitude. And the more that your attitude is dragging and down and not walking in a way that's in the presence of the God, the, God, the more it affects the attitudes and the presence of those around you, the atmosphere around you as well. Because then we carry a bad attitude or we don't respond to situations very well. Because how you respond to situations, how you talk to other people, whether it's the words you use or the tones you use or how you treat other people affects the atmosphere you're in. You want to be an atmosphere shifter? It starts with what presence am I in and how is, am I bringing that into the place I'm in to transform it? Because we need to know that we all carry some sort of presence with us. Every one of us, every day of our life, we carry a presence with us. Anybody like been like Winnie the Pooh fans? Anybody ever watch Winnie the Pooh? Yeah, there's some of us older generation people. You know, Winnie the Pooh, there's some great characters in, in that story. You know, there was Tigger. Tigger was the, the, the tiger. And no matter what happened, Tigger was always bouncing all over the place on his tail, absolutely happy and excited. It didn't matter what was going on around him. Life was great just because of the way Tigger approached it. And there's no, it was very hard when Tigger came running onto the scene to not have a smile on your face. I mean, life could stink, but it doesn't matter because Tigger is here. It's like, I don't know what you got, Tigger, but I want something of that. Like, I don't know what you're laughing about, but this seems pretty funny. Tigger just brought that, that environment with him everywhere he went. Then there was Eeyore. You're walking to the office, you see the Tigger, everything changes. It's like life is awesome. I don't care that I have to work 20 hours today, but life is awesome because Tigger's here. Then you walk into the workspace and then there's the Eeyore. Everything stinks. It doesn't matter, everything's gonna fall apart. Hey, the boss is buying us ribs today. Yep, but they'll probably be burnt. You know, life is just horrible. No matter what, everything was boom down in the tube. 
what presence do you carry with you when you walk through your Monday through Friday? It matters. You want to change the atmosphere? You got to think about the presence that you're in and the presence you are carrying with you. Because my friends, you carry God's presence everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. And when people see you, they see a reflection of him, at least what they think the reflection is of him. And so if we walk around like Eeyores, life stinks, life's a drain, life is awful, I have an awful attitude all the time, I treat you poorly, I, I, my tone is always awful with you, or I don't use words that, that build you up, I'm just constantly tearing you down or whatever it may be, and people say, oh wait, you're a Christian, yeah, I don't want that God. We carry his presence with us. We are his reflection. And you can be bouncing around or you can come into the office space, bounce around like Tigger. You don't have to be literally bouncing off the wall. But you come in with, a, with an attitude, a, tr a transformed attitude. It's like, I was just in the presence of God and he is amazing. And whatever happens, whatever storm I face, he can change it. So I'm going to walk with confidence today. My attitude is going to be different. I'm going to be different how I treat you, how I love you, how I respect you, how I talk to you, how I give my best in everything that I do. Yeah, I'm going to walk like that confidently no matter what happens today because I am in the very presence of God and you begin to shape everything around you by how you treat, by how you act, by how you respond. My friends, we need to know what presence we are in and what presence we are ultimately carrying with us all the time. It makes a difference. Every time, every time you go through your Monday through Friday, whatever your Monday through Friday works, looks like, whether you're sitting at a cubicle or you're out in, the, out in the world working or delivering or whatever it may be, whatever your Monday through Friday looks like, every day, you encounter a world of people who are crying out for an encounter with the living, breathing, and active God. Every day when you walk into your work environment, you are walking past people who are crying out, I need to know, is God real? Is there something more to this life? There's something bigger here. And you have the opportunity. You have the opportunity. To shift the atmosphere. The Apostle Paul wrote this in Philippians chapter 4, verses 5 through 9. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think of such things. And whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Let me reread that last portion. Think of such things. And whatever you learned or heard or seen from me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Think about that. God says, when you move towards me, 
you will experience your, my peace in your life. Just like with the disciples in the boat, when they finally shifted their focus from the storm to the God, the Son of God who was sleeping in that boat, they began to experience his peace in the middle of the storm. My friends, don't forget this promise that we see echoing all throughout the pages of the Bible. God is near. No matter where you're at, no matter what you do on your Monday through Friday, no matter if it's a good day or the storms are coming, God is near. And when we approach him, he brings his peace. But in order to experience his peace, we need to shift our focus from the conditions that we are in, the atmosphere that we find ourselves in the middle of, to who is the one who is the condition shifter, the atmosphere shifter. That means we need to adjust our minds, our hearts, and our focus. Paul said to adjust it to whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is noble. That is God. Then you will truly experience the reality of God in your life. Just like the disciples, that's what they did. I see the storm. I don't see any hope. Oh, there's Jesus. And the more we shift our focus from that to him, the more you experience his peace and his goodness and his rest in your life. Because the Bible says, in his peace, you will find rest. In fact, Moses learned this. In Exodus chapter 33, we see an awesome, amazing story. Moses was encountering God and having his dialogue with him. And Moses, I think at this moment in his life, was getting a little frustrated and overwhelmed. Because like, God, you called me to this. You brought me to this. And it just seems like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. It just seems like it's overwhelming. You're, you're not coming through. We're just in the desert through in circles and circles and circles. I don't get it. When will you come through for me? You called me to this. Now what? How are you going to help me? Have you found yourself in that situation? Maybe it's in life. Maybe it's at work or wherever it may be. It's like, God, you brought me here. Now what? Where are you? When are you going to show up and, and do what you said you were going to do? When are you going to kind of show the promised land to me? And God's reply to Moses is this in Exodus 33, verse 14. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. So God didn't say, like, hey, everything's going to be great. I'm going to call you this, and like, woo, life is going to be awesome. There's still, going to be, there's still going to be difficult steps. There's going to be hard days. There's still going to be storms. But what God's saying to Moses and what he's saying to us and what echoes all throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is, my presence is here. And in my presence, I will give you rest. I will give you rest. And then Moses responded to God in the next few in the next few verses. If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me from your people, from all the other people on the face of the earth? 
what Moses is saying there is, God, if you're not with me, close the door right now. I don't want to go forward at all. Because God, Moses learned something about God in that moment that I think we sometimes know, sometimes overlooks, or some of us like, I never really got this before. God promises his presence in your life. All throughout the Bible, the journey is about God saying, just come to my presence. No matter what you're going through, no matter what your Monday through Friday looks like, no matter what storm you're in, just come to my presence, and in my presence I have rest. I have rest for you. Jesus said it in Matthew eleven twenty eight. It's not on the screen or on your notes, but in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus said, "All you who are weary or burdened or overwhelmed in life, come to me, and I will give you rest." I don't know about you, but I think it's so hard to find rest. Because rest ultimately is not just a physical, hey, I got a good night's sleep last night. Rest is that ability that emotionally and spiritually I find peace and comfort and security. You know, that that place where it's like, you know what, everything's going to be okay. Even in the middle of the storm, everything is going to be okay. Rest is an emotional and spiritual state that just relaxes everything. And it seems, I think, so often in life, because we've, become, we've uh, come to a place in our journey that we've become helpless, or we believe we're helpless, life is never at peace. Life is never at rest because emotionally and spiritually we're just always worried or overwhelmed or anxious about something about what tomorrow's going to bring, or, man, today's Sunday, let's have fun today because tomorrow's going to stink because it's Monday, back at work, and you know what that means. And we live our lives drained. When God says, in my presence, I will give you rest. And in that rest is peace, that strength, that confidence, that security, that everything's going to be okay, that comfort, that ability to be just like Jesus, that even in the storm, He's sleeping. And he's saying, I'm going to give you that rest in your life. And it's hard to find rest in that storm. But through Jesus, that's possible in his presence. And God told Moses, listen, I know that you don't get it all yet. I know that you don't see the end of the picture. I know you're struggling seeing the light at the end of the road. But in my presence, Moses, know this. I've got you. I've got you. And in my presence, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And there you find peace. And Moses knew before he moved forward, before he did anything, before he started his Monday through Friday, he needed the very presence of God in his life. Because without it, nothing else mattered. Without God's presence, everything else would fall apart. Without God's presence, he walked around like an Eeyore rather than being a Tigger. Without his presence, the atmosphere controlled him. But with God's presence, he had the ability to shift the atmosphere. You know, to carry God's presence, we need to be in his presence which means we need to be aware of his presence. 
We need to know what Paul wrote in Philippians 4, that God is near. We need to know what Moses, what God told Moses in Exodus 33, I am here. We need to know what the disciples learned in the boat in the middle of that storm. The very presence of God is right here in our boat. And you need to know and be aware, whatever your Monday through Friday looks like, the very presence of God is by your side all the time. He's there with you. You just need to reach out to him. In James chapter 4, it says this, James writes this, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. James, again, highlights something very important. God is near, and the more we come near to God, the more we pursue him, the more we shift our focus from the storm to Jesus sleeping in the boat, the more we experience him. But in order for us to come near to him, we need to understand he's there. But so often we don't see that because we're so focused on what's going on in our world, we don't see how God's working all around our world in the spiritual sense. If you've ever been to the ocean swimming, statistically, they tell us that there's a shark every 30 feet of you. I don't want to scare you in the ocean, but more than likely the sharks don't care about you. They want to stay away from you, so don't worry about it. But statistically speaking, that's the reality. But we don't know it. Why? Because we're up above the waves, we're splashing, we're surfing, we're, we're having a good time, we're, we're, you know, we're throwing the balls around, and we're enjoying the waters because we're in our environment above the ocean. We don't see what's going on down beneath. But in order to see that, how do you, how do you see that? Well, you put on your little snorkeler stuff and you put your goggles on, you go down, you investigate a little bit, right? You get into their world and you begin to see what's going on underneath the water. And the same is true in our journey. We miss God so much because we get so focused on our world or what we want our world to be in the physical sense that we rarely kind of duck under the waves to see the spiritual world that's going on all around us, to see God at work. And James says, you can experience that. You can see how God is near to you every single day if you come near to him. How do you do that? You submit to him. You run towards him. You resist the devil. Resisting the devil means, hey, all those other influences that I allow to surround me, whether it's music or movies or whatever it may be, whatever I'm allowing my ears and my eyes that sink into my brain that eventually get a hold of my heart, those influences, how the devil kind of works through that, I resist it. I kind of say, uh-uh, no more. I need to be in the presence of God. And then when I see him, when I hear him, when I talk to him, when I read his Bible, I apply what he says to my life. I pursue him. And it says, come near to God. My question for you is, how often in your day-to-day life are you pursuing God? Not just right now in this moment, but Monday through Friday, in your day-to-day, how often are you pursuing him in your life? Just slowing down, talking to him, reading his word, you know, just maybe have a Bible message out or something. Just to pursue him, to change your focus from the storm to the fact that God is right there by your side.
And then the Bible says to wash your hands and purify your heart, which means how honest are you with your, the reality of your heart? What's going on in here? How much effort do you put into your walk to saying, you know what? I keep running towards what Bill wants. Well, I want to pursue what my heart says to do versus uh-uh, I got to run towards him. That's what it means to, be repent, to repent, to completely turn around and I'm running towards him. When I make, make, make a mistake, I make the next right choice, choice towards God, towards Jesus. And God says, the, James writes, and the Bible shows that whenever we do this, whenever we pursue God in our life, submit to him, run towards him, live for him, it's not perfection, but we run towards him, you can expect that God is going to show up in significant ways in your life. He will shift the atmosphere. He will calm the storm when you run towards him. But my friends, you have to walk in a way, be in his presence and be aware of his presence so that you can walk in a way that every day you're walking with the presence of God in your life. And in so doing, you work in a way that honors God. When you go through your Monday through Friday, are you giving your best? Are you working in a way that honors God? The Apostle Paul wrote this in in Colossians 3. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Paul is saying, whatever you do on your Monday through Friday, give it everything you have. Because you're ultimately working for God. You're worshiping God through your work. You are a reflection of God with how you work. Being a person of integrity. That people can trust you to get the job done. That they'll know that you'll give your best. That you're a person of your word. That you will give your absolute best in all circumstances. That you won't walk into your work environment and say, you know what? I'm not giving my best today. Or I'm only going to do half the job. No, you give it your best all the time because I am a reflection of Christ in everything that I do. And I live and I work in the very presence of God that when I walk into whatever environment I am, I am walking with his presence in my life. And I begin to shift the atmosphere. I walk in a way that I am salt and I'm light. And I'm not going to allow this atmosphere to change me. I, through the presence of Jesus, am going to be an atmosphere shifter. What about you? As we wrap up, I'm going to challenge you with something today. I'm challenging every person here and online to make a, make a commitment that you will be an atmosphere shifter in your Monday through Friday. Whatever your Monday through Friday looks like, whatever work environment you walk into, whatever it is for you, will you make the commitment to be an atmosphere shifter, which starts with being in the presence of God and walking with the presence of God in your life. And then from there, I want you to, to join me in the high five challenge. Right? Let's give a high five. Come on, air five. Let's go. Whoop. All right. Now you all woke up. Here we go. So you have the five, high five challenge in your life. Every person here in this room or online right now, I know there are at least five people in your life, in your line of sight, who needs the hope of Jesus, who are walking broken and hopeless in every day. They are just beaten down and broken by life. Will you be an atmosphere shifter for them?
today, who are those five people? Jot their names down. And I want you to make the commitment starting today, every day for the next 30 days, to pray for them. Pray for God to work in their life. Pray for God to move. Pray for God to soften their hearts or, or open up the doors for you to share your story with them of who Jesus is in your life. Maybe you know something specifically physical or emotional or something you need in their life. Pray specifically for that. Just commit every day to pray for these five people. And at some point in the next 30 days, I want you to find some way to bless them in a big way. You know, it, it could be buy them a lunch, buy them a coffee. It doesn't have to be spending money. It could be as simple as writing them an encouragement note. You, 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 do, you figure out what works for you. You figure out what can be a way to bless them. But each person, you're praying for them daily and you're gonna find some way in the next 30 days to bless them in a big way. And then watch what God begins to do. In your praying, pray for God to open up the door because he will for you in, that, in this next 30 days to share your story of what God's been doing in your life. Walk through it. Share your story of what God's been doing and invite them to come with you to impact. Watch what God begins to do through that. If you truly make that commitment and do that, God's gonna open up the door in significant ways. You're gonna have such amazing conversations with people who you thought you'd never had those type of conversations with. You will see lives transformed just by walking in the presence of God. Will you take that challenge? Will you be a person that will say, no longer will I let the atmosphere con uh, to control me but I'm gonna be in the presence of God and I'm gonna shift the atmosphere of my life. Watch what God will do in your life and through you. He's at work and he's near. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you because of all the ways that you've been working. And Lord, in this moment, may we just experience all of you. Lord, right now, we just call to you. Lord, it seems so often we get so focused on the storms that we don't see you in the middle of the storms. And may we just shift our focus to you. And Lord, help us to be bold. Help us to, to, to find rest in you and help us to take this challenge to be atmosphere shifters, to pray for, to bless, and to share our stories with those people that surround us. And may through that, may you just transform lives and may you change the atmosphere that we are in. And may you receive all the glory. It's in your name we pray. Amen.